people want to begin a meditation practice, you know, people most often are crisis meditators. So that means that they, they will look to meditation or turn to meditation when they find themselves in some kind of crisis in their lives. And they'll say like, maybe this will help me. Let me lean on that. But the idea is, you know, to build a meditation practice, it needs to be something that you do all the time, not just when crisis ensues in your life. What's up and welcome to the very best self podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast, you guys. Today, I have Dr. Neil Palvin on the podcast. And you know, because I have these type of guests on, I feel like quite a bit, but you guys know that I freaking nerd out. I nerd out. Like I get so passionate and so excited to talk about brain health, to talk about like longevity of life, to talk about looking young, um, just taking care of ourselves because I feel like there's all these little tiny tweaks that we could do. Like I think we get very overwhelmed out in the world where it's just like, yeah, I want to be healthy. Yeah. I got to work out. Yeah. I got to eat well, but like, I don't know. There's just such, I guess, a wealth of knowledge that sometimes we feel kind of maybe overwhelmed by how to take care of ourselves, but there are so many little tweaks that we can implement into our daily lives that will really just I don't know, help us live a longer, healthier, happier life. And so I do dedicate so many of uh, these episodes to, to that exact cause, how to live a longer, healthier, happier life. And so today's episode is so good. You guys, I, I feel like I learned so much. Like this is definitely like a pen and paper type episode, uh, where you just want to like write down all of the things that he shares with us. Um, I learned so much, but I, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just like, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Like, tell me this, like how to be better at that, how to take care of this. Like, um, so I absolutely love this stuff. And I like genuinely really need to go see him in the city. He's thank goodness. I'm so lucky. Um, his office is here in Manhattan. So like, I'm hoping to like go check in on my, like, like do a brain scan or something, a body scan and see, you know, kind of how things are going and then, you know, take you guys along on that journey. If I, if I'm able um, but anyways, uh, Dr. Palvin is an innovative physician. Uh, he studies functional medicine, integrative sports medicine, regenerative medicine. Um, the list goes on and on and on. He's a very, very brilliant guy. Um, and yeah, so also he works with people, um, who need to deal with autoimmune issues, uh, thyroid hormone imbalances, digestive and gut disorders, um, inflammatory based conditions. Like he does all of that stuff. So today we kind of really get into what supplements are the best to be taking. Um, we talk about, uh, peptides, amino acids. We talk about, you know, what's trending in wellness, uh, in this year. So really cool stuff. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome back to the very best self podcast. So today I have Dr. Palvin on the pod. I am super excited to chat with you today. Um, you are kind of not kind of, you are definitely, um, an expert in, uh, functional medicine. You are based out of Manhattan, um, integrative sports medicine, regenerative medicine, um, osteopathic manipulation. Let me see if I can say this right. Craniosacral therapy and holistic lifestyle modifications for a 360 degree approach to well 
care. Is that very well describe you? <laughs> there you go. Perfectly said. Perfect. Um, so I guess we'll begin from the top because the last thing that you said is you do a 360 degree approach to well care. So what is well care? Because I think that's something that you kind of coined yourself as I understand it. Pretty much. I mean, it's out, it's out there now. It's been building over the last couple of years. And unfortunately, or fortunately, the pandemic kind of built it up that a lot of people out there are A, taking their own health into their own hands as opposed to waiting for the doctor to kind of lead them there. Because the traditional medical paradigm is sick care rather than maintaining your own health or and or mindset. Um, and then, so what we try to do is try to lay the foundation or cores of four foundational factors, sleep, diet, exercise, and then mindset, stress reduction as kind of the core four. Just no matter what else you do, supplement, prescription, anything else, it's not going to work real well if you don't have that core four going for you. And, and then we add in, again, depending on who we're dealing with, we can add in supplement or training program or prescriptions, or we have people who love whatever the newest tech is out there. They're going to do their cold plunge for six minutes. And we just kind of can tailor a program based on what patients are looking for. Some patients are looking to target a specific problem, brain fog or gut health. And other people are trying to be an entrepreneur and be at 11 at all times. And both work, both, again, a lot of, it's great now that patients are, again, are just trying to optimize their own health and uh, understand that sometimes the doctor may not be the the, the first step there in the, unless their labs are abnormal or something like that. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's I think it's trending across so many spheres where I mean, people are really taking a handle on their their well-being and their wellness and I think it's so right what you say, you know, even in terms of meditation, right? So this is something I talk about a lot if people want to begin a meditation practice, you know, people most often are crisis meditators. So that means that they they will look to meditation or turn to meditation when they find themselves in some kind of crisis in their lives. And they'll say like, maybe this will help me. Let me lean on that. But the idea is, you know, to build a meditation practice, it needs to be something that you do all the time, not just when crisis ensues in your life. So it's the same thing, you know, with our health and, you know, really getting premeditative in terms of this core four that you talk about um, and saying like, how can I take my, my health into my own hands and come see you when everything's going maybe really well and not waiting until it's, you know, the shit hits the fan uh, to then come to the doctor and say like, you know, how do I fix this? You know? You learn that you learn again, especially meditation is the perfect example because people find it hopefully when they hit a crisis and they say, wow, this stuff really works and my sleep's better and I work better. My relationships are better. Let me try this all the time. So it's a doorway. Hopefully it's a doorway and not just a one stop. And they're like, I'll come back to it in six months from now. So because people who love meditation or there's patients who are like, I don't get it. And it's yeah. luckily it's become bigger, but yeah, I totally agree with that philosophy. Yeah, it's so so I love, you know, having people like you on the podcast to to talk about this kind of thing so that if it's something that's been ruminating in the back of your thoughts to think about like taking control of your health or, you know, asking yourself how are you doing in each of those areas of the core four and being like, okay, well, like one of them is lacking and, you know, let's work on it. Let's fix it. Let's get better at it. Um so particularly you mentioned brain fog and I personally love to talk about this on the podcast, you know, I feel like I am someone on a personal note and a lot of my listeners are as well. Um, like I take care of myself. I obviously, uh, you know, work out for a living. Um, I, I tend to eat pretty well. Uh, my core four is doing pretty well. 
However, in my family, you know, I've got my grandfather and my grandmother both suffered from suffered uh, from Alzheimer's and dementia. Uh, and so it's a fear, right? It's like, what can I do today to preserve the health of my brain in the future? And so I worry, you know, at 35 years old, when I have moments where I can't remember something or I forget things or can't remember the name for something, I'm like, does that mean that it's going to happen to me? Like, you know, brain fog is super scary. So how can we kind of present or prevent uh, these kind of things in our younger years. Wow. There's okay. Let's see. I'll try to, a lot to unpack. I know I have, a, I have a bunch of cheesy analogies or examples here that probably Bring them on. cheesy is good in this case. So pretty much like, again, this is, it's like a house. I mean, again, the core is we know, I mean, luckily in the last couple of years and a lot of cool studies have shown us a lot of simple things may actually help prevent that. So we know that patient, people who get less than seven hours of sleep on a consistent basis have an increased risk of Alzheimer's. So that, and that, that's again, something that you easily can do, pick your, and then check your whoop, your ordering, whatever you, if you have a wearable that gives us some evidence and A, B, in right in your field there, we know patients who exercise three times a week have a, especially uh, weight-based or resistance exercises have a decreased risk of Alzheimer's. So, I mean, those are two simple things that people can do pretty much free, can be free. Um, so that's that's the starting point. And then also we know the patients who have any stress, any increased stress levels um, or increased anxiety, unfortunately may have an increased risk of that type of thing. So though, again, starting with the lifestyle part and uh, again, also there's a link between them potentially eating like unprocessed uh, processed foods. And so again, that is, all starts there. Um, there are some lab tests that we can use. Um, uh, from very simple things, like especially in females, uh, you can check, um, we wanna make sure your hormones, especially estrogen, which is linked to memory. Uh, we also are concerned with testosterone, both in men and women. So testosterone is not just a man thing, it's we want women's to be high throughout their um, their life. Um, we also can check, and I know people, it was big about three or four months ago, Chris Hemsworth, who's Thor in the Avengers and all that, did a whole special on one of the channels. Um, where he became found that he has a gene called ApoE4, which increases his risk at least three times up to potentially 12 times for Alzheimer's disease. So that we can, and there's another test that just came out in the last two weeks where we can also do a lab test. It tells, gives your likelihood of potentially having it. This opens a Pandora's box. There's people out there who want to know and preventive it at 20 years old and say, okay, I'm going to do everything I can to limit it. There's other people who are like, I want to live my life. I'll do what I can, but I don't want to know. And I, I mean, I can understand both sides of the spectrum there. I would say if you know, especially now with all the things that are coming out, try to at least prevent it. But again, that I understand, I can understand where both sides of the corner coming from there. Um, and then you get into, again, there's a whole bunch of new stuff that's coming out, everything from, we could potentially use hyperbaric therapy. There's a bunch of, a couple of different medications that are coming up or on the prescription. We now, a study came out, I'm a nerd about this stuff, so, but uh, uh, that certain supplements actually may decrease Alzheimer's, uh, NAC, serine. Uh, there's a link between technically a form of NAD, which most people have heard of, and potentially limiting the risk of Alzheimer's. So it's um, also we know that, again, inflammation can cause um, inflammation. Parts of the brain can lead to risk of Alzheimer's. So we can either combination check lab results. And also we can tell by just your brain functioning. You can get different brain tests that are out there. Um, 
and so on. And, and then again, there are some prescription meds coming out there. So it depends. There's so many things that are at our at our fingertips now, to depending on how deep a dive you want to do with this, both in evaluating, treating it. If you're a natural person, there are supplements, there's hyperbaric. Um, we can do some supplementation, or if you're a total traditional person, there's things there. The last thing I'll mention is we know now is a link between patients who are insulin resistant and Alzheimer's. So we try to, Alzheimer's helps your body metabolize carbohydrates, also can lead to inflammation and a lot of other issues if your body is not using insulin appropriately, and this tends to happen in patients who are more obese um, than patients who are slender and active. Um, so that's something that we monitor. And then again, there's 10 other things that we could do. One other cool thing I'll mention really quickly is now there's new red light helmets that are out there that people are liking and they may help and uh, potentially help with issues like that. But there's a hundred other things out there. Patients should not look at it now or people who are trying to prevent it now should not look at it as some to be aware of it and be concerned about it, but there's a lot of new stuff that's coming out and you can definitely help prevent it, hopefully, and or limit the effects if you unfortunately do have or a family member has it. All right. So much you can do out there. Um, I did the hyperbaric chamber for the first time like a week ago, and I've read so many incredible things about that and I got the opportunity to do it. So uh, I didn't know that was good for brain health as well. Oh, it's amazing. Especially we're using it now for patients who um, have concussions sport athletes or just lay general people out there. Um, they're using it for everything from long COVID to helping. It's become huge even now for plastic surgery. Everybody who gets plastic surgery now goes in the hyperbaric chamber if it's a facial procedure. It does everything. It, it, it's going to be huge in the next year or two. Uh, yeah, I'm like, how do I get rich rich is what I call it so I can have one of these in my home and just like pop in there every day. They're coming down. You'd be surprised, but yeah, they're coming down a lot. I'm like, I don't need this couch back here. I could get a hyperbaric chamber right there. Like I don't need that couch. You know, you can sleep Uh, in the hyperbaric. You watch TV in the hyperbaric. Some of them have TVs in them now. It's multifunctional. Yeah, no, I, it was great. I did, I went in there for 30, a 30 minute session and I did a 30 minute meditation and I was like, this, this is like, this is, this needs to be me. (laughs) Um, yeah, but there's a place, um, in New York city in Manhattan, it's, called shit what is it called um there, see, i can't remember there is a couple i'm not sure where you went to i mean if you want me to name the names or i don't know how you work with your podcast yeah but one, no i don't mind uh yeah there's um the place called Restore remedy place and remedy place that's the other one yeah remedy place and so i think you could i think with that place you can almost i think it's like you pay a monthly membership almost like your gym but then you you can do cold plunges and you do hyperbaric chamber you can go every day and like do all that so like yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I got to look into that. It's cool. I know we're trying to get one in our, in our office in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's, it's, you should come and try it up again. I'll let you know. Okay, great. So all of these tests, people can do all of these kind of tests when they come see you and kind of see like that, you know, their cognitive space and, and how they're kind of faring, if you will. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We order most of the tests here. There's one test or that we fa- that we have patients go to a specific center that that's what their expertise is, is also in Manhattan, but they can also do it virtually and they also do it like in every major city in the U.S. So, yeah, but everything else we do in the office. Wow, that's really incredible. I love that. Um, so I want to ask you, what is NOO Tropics? Nootropics? Nootropics. Nootropics um, have gotten, again, much more popular as people uh, started in the entrepreneurial space, especially in like Silicon Valley and all the tech entrepreneurs. And now it's kind of gone to everybody wants them. It's ways of optimizing how your brain works. 
So it's, it's there are certain ones that are for function. There are certain ones uh, for focus specifically. There are certain ones that are good for what I call brain energy. There's a lot of people that are great until maybe three o'clock, and their brain just hits up, puts up the red, the white flag, and I'm done. So we can give them that. Um, there's other ones that kind of again, I'm maybe dating myself. There's a Bradley Cooper movie out about ten years ago called Limitless, and there's ones that kind of oh. can put your brain on superpower for those times where you have that like presentation going or you have a pitch or you have a major class coming up and it works really well. So it, they definitely are incredibly effect, effective and, and it's not really that expensive compared to a lot of the things that are out there. So. Okay. Cool. Do you guys sell them at your office? Oh, we, we sell some, I mean, some, uh, some are supplements that patients can get over the counter. Some are more complex that, yeah, that we do offer either we have in the office or we just send to their home. It, all right. the above, but they work really work on the chemicals in the brain. Um, and it, 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 the benefits they see is pretty instantaneous. So it's awesome. So, okay. I'm, I, I'm really obsessed with brain stuff. Like I just love it. I could talk about it all day. So my next question that I have for you is we're not supposed to human beings in general. We're not supposed to be happy all of the time. Um, that's just not how we're, 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 we're meant to be. And so I feel like so many of us, when we find ourselves in a low point in life, um, you know, we think that there's something wrong with us or we're broken somehow. And a lot of people to each their own, whatever journey they're on. Um, but a lot of people then, you know, lean on antidepressants to feel happier, to feel better, to feel, you know, to not feel that those downsides, um, in your opinion, do you think like that antidepressants change the chemicals in our brains? Does it alter that forever? Because I, I, on a personal note, you know, just to be really, I guess, really open and honest with my audience, you know, I have never taken antidepressants, but there's been definite times in my life where I feel overly stressed and I'm like, I want to try this. I want to try taking antidepressants, but then I, I fear what, like I said, that it somehow might alter the chemistry of my brain, like forever. Is that being dramatic or is there some truth to that? It shouldn't do it forever unless you're taking an abnormal dose. You've been on it for 20 or 30 years. Um, I, I am not a proponent of them for most patients. I, the times I do recommend them, I, I don't really prescribe them, but I would talk to a psychiatrist or their primary doctor about unfortunately if that is an extremely stressful short-term situation yeah sometimes you may need that help short term I ex um, we explain the side effects to it and then we recommend they come off of them because other things that they can do but there's sometimes again unfortunately there's acutely stressful issues that you just need that help until the therapy or meditation or supplements or extra, whatever you do to kind of go through that situation but long I don't recommend them long term for most people we learned I think it was last year that most of the stuff, the supplements don't really work. And that's not how depression really occurs a lot of times. So mm -hmm. they're, they're less than 50% get really 50% of patients get true benefits from the antidepressants. So I, again, they're not my favorite. They have their place for a certain, that small niche from my perspective. Um, and they shouldn't be over, they're overprescribed. They're prescribed for not even for depression. They're prescribed for a lot of female conditions, which I don't understand. Uh, more than short term and they're now used for pain and they just have a lot of side effects that go along with the small benefits that they do give. Okay. I was just curious what your perspective was on it. And 
you know, just to put this out there, like there's absolutely no shame whatsoever to anyone who's listening. I love where we're at in society right now, where we can talk about what medications people are taking and people are open about it and honest about it. And I think that's incredible. And I think everybody should do what feels good for them. Um, but I think it's awesome to have people like you on to just really educate us further, because sometimes I think, you know, you maybe you walk into a doctor's office and then someone says like, here, do this, take this. And then you trust this person because they're a doctor. Like that's what we're supposed to do or how we feel, you know, as a society, like just trust this person, trust what they say. They have my best interest at heart. But I think it's just really, um, I really kind of take it on as like, I don't know, just a passion project of mine to just get awareness, um, and multiple, um, just kind of ideas around it. Um, which is, something I also talk passionately about on this podcast in terms of birth control. Uh, it's been a personal choice of mine not to be on birth control for over 20 years now that I haven't been on it. Um, you can weigh in on that if you want, uh, or not, yeah. doesn't matter, but that's a, that's a personal choice. I mean, I, I respect on either side. I, again, my goal again with the, the overlying, my overlying philosophy is understand what you're taking and understand the side, the plus and the minuses you're in it. Most people can, I, and then, then take that information, make an intelligent decision. I give my, I say, look, I would recommend this, but these are the plus and the minuses on both sides. Right. And, and go from there. I mean, and, and there's people who only have, and they make sense on whatever their situation is. They're like, I understand what the risks are, but I want to do it. That's life. You can't live life in a bubble. You can't live life of that quote unquote perfect life. You right. do it work for you. Um, but, and there's plus and minus on both sides. I agree with um, that. And I really, really appreciate that approach. Uh, I, I think just the more knowledge we have and make our own educated decisions. I like that. Um, okay. So switching gears, uh, what trends do you see in the wellness industry right now, uh, that are, you know, maybe hot for 2023 and moving forward? Um, I, I've kind of hit a couple of them peripherally. Number one, I think what we're seeing now is definitely a lot more of self-evaluation. A lot of these at-home labs are pretty much everything now from just basic lab work to hair stuff, to female hormones, to all the above is, again, it's great because it's, it's empowering for the patient um, as opposed to having to find a doctor. I can't count how many patients have said, I wanted this from my doc, my regular doctor. And they're like, we don't order that. We don't know what to do with it or we don't want to deal with it. So again, I think that's the, the number one thing that we're seeing um, uh, in terms of the newer trends. It's going to be a lot of that with combined with patients now have their own data from a wearable or they're tracking their lab work. I mean, I get a, I must get five Excel spreadsheets every day now saying, okay, these are my labs. What can I do about it? Which is great because it means they care about their health, which makes them motivated patients for me. And it's great that they, again, they're taking interest in their health. The second thing, one of the things I would definitely recommend is the big trend that we talked about is hyperbaric therapy. Again, I think it's something now that the price points are coming down, both for an as-use basis and for at home. I think it's just the major amount of benefits from skincare to brain health to treating uh, long COVID. It's just amazing what it can do. Um, and it has anti-aging benefits. So I think that's something you're going to see more and more. And I think the third benefit, third thing I see really trending, which I think is incredible, is the much more of a emphasis on women's health out there. 
um, because before probably two or three years ago, there were very few studies done on women because they we can equate for their women's hormones ups and downs. So they only did a lot of these trials on men. Men and women obviously are not the same, especially women who, who are still going through having their regular cycles. So there's now both um, on the supplement and the wearable side, the basics in terms of walking women through that. And also now on the venture, on the investment side, there's all these female founders who are opening all these major companies to investigate how to improve women's health from just general health to endometriosis. And now there's a big push in terms of trying to help improve fertility, which has become just, I mean, again, some of these people are much more open. Five years ago, nobody talked about doing IVF or storing their eggs or so on. And now it's pretty much, did you store your eggs? Where you store it? I mean, it's become pretty much a common conversation, which I think is incredible. And now there's a lot of investment and tech and supplements. And again, the whole thing there, I think that's really something that was needed. And there's a lot of women who are just really pushing that effort, which is doubly impressive that's out there and that they're just, I think like 2% of founders are female. So I think that's just really awesome. I would agree with that. Um, And I I do see that trend happening, which is really cool in terms of what you were talking about um, with cycles and really educating ourselves around that. Because, I mean, I've seen some like even some training guides that have come out about, you know, like this is a time during your cycle when you want to lean into yoga. This is a time when you should like during your cycle when strength, like strength training is something that is going to feel probably really good based on where you're at. monthly. And we never had that growing up. We never knew. And it's crazy because the, the amount of education now, uh, that's out there in terms of like, you know, let's talk about like, you know, a female track athlete who, you know, trains their entire lives, you know, let's say for those of them that are getting their period, cause not all of them do, but, <clears throat> uh, you know, they train their entire lives for one major big event. And on the same day that this event happens, you know, their cycle happens. And then all of a sudden it's like, they don't qualify for the Olympics or they don't, you know, all these things happen. And it's, it's like, it's been crazy because in the past someone would, you know, people might say like, you know, oh, they cracked under pressure, but really like, there's like actually just so much going on that we just didn't ever even, it never occurred to us to think like, oh, that is affecting performance in athletes or just in women in general. Oh, exactly. And there's so much research going on that now how to amp, how to maximize that and again, giving those athletes options of what they can and can't do. And yeah. they want it. And that's awesome. Yeah, it's really great. Um, I also saw on your Instagram um, about a trend in peptides. Yes. Peptides are have gone viral for lack of a better word at this point, uh, they are small little proteins that can be given either injection or orally or now like nasal sprays. Um, and they pretty much can help treat almost anything out there now at this point. And that's where pe- people are finding them. I mean, the main buckets are, I, I've gotten good at explaining it. You have the recovery, inflammation, muscle building. We have the, the brain health. We have the what I call the cosmetic, which is everything from hair, skin, um, weight loss to the unfortunate ones that help deal with chronic illness. And then we have like the gut health ones. So there's kind of five buckets in there. Um, anti-aging kind of disperses throughout them. And in most cases, they have very minimal side effects, which is great. Um, it depends. The interesting thing is, again, kind of going back to the whole fertility thing is people before that people were scared of doing injections at home. A lot of them are done through injection. And now most patients, both that don't have no issues doing shots anymore. It's like, okay, sure. I, I've done it for this or I've done it for that. And I mean, they're just, it's 
a very exploding um, area. And again, I've seen incredible results. I mean, I have patients who've had like com almost complete rotator cuff tears at three months later or doing their PR. Um, and then I've had patients with horrible gut issues and they're like three months later and the same with brain fog. I mean, I, again, I'm like, wow, I think I'm even, I'm even amazed how quickly that patients and it, we're seeing it like on MRIs, we see when they get their colonoscopies that the doctor, I don't know what you're doing, but you should just keep doing it. I don't get it, but just keep doing it because the studies are showing it that, which is even more kind of satisfying. It's not just in their head. It's we know it's real. So it's cool. So so they're doing quote unquote peptides, but I'm confused. So it is a, sh I like, I, so, I don't okay, get yeah. what it is. Sorry. No problem. I kind of jumped, jumped a little bit. So yeah, peptides are, like I said, those small little proteins, amino acids. Okay. And they have different functions. They can either work on a hormone, they can work on a specific enzyme, they can work on an organ. And depending on what your goal is, let's say we're talking about recovery, just keep it simple then what we normally would do is we would prescribe the patient a peptide that they get from usually from a, what's called a compounding pharmacy. They're not gotten, most of these are not gone through traditional CVS or Walgreens. Um, and then they will do them usually what's called a cycle, which is about three to four months of that specific peptide. And in most cases it's either done either as an injection where patients are either self-injecting themselves in the abdomen or they're taking it orally. Um, and, and then what we can do is we can mix and match. We don't have both patients on them for more than three or four months at a time, um, just to prevent any type of uh, getting used to it or any side effects. Um, and, or like me, like I can, if you have a bad shoulder injury, like a rotator cuff, we can go in there and inject that rotator cuff with this a specific anti-inflammatory inhaling peptides. So we can do it that way too. There are people who do it in people's spines now. I've done it like numerous times in patients' knees and it just, it's works very quickly. So that's wow. kind of how it's done. And then we go from there, but they also come in, like I said, nose sprays, there's hair foams. There's like, if you have a bad knee, you can put it on a cream if you don't want to inject yourself. So there, it, there's a lot of different variations. It's, again, they become pretty popular. It's just um, right now it's so there's so much information all over the place right now. That right. Some people don't know who to believe and they're saying, well, I should do this. Joe Schmo told me this and Jen it's, so I try to make sure that, okay, here's what, here, here's the rules and kind of just be buyer beware in certain cases too. Very interesting. I don't think I knew a whole lot about that. So that's highly interesting, um, especially because they can help with so many different varying things going on in the body. No, exactly. I mean, like there's one, like one of the most people have heard of is called BPC-157, which is started, they found out, wow, this, this helps to heal like stomach and gut ulcers. And they're like, wait, while he's taking that, his shoulder pain went away. He lost weight, his cognition improved. And then it just, and the skin got better. So like, and then it just snowballed from there is that they kind of um, realized all these different, this subcategory of medicines has a, a huge benefit. Um, that's amazing. Uh, so also what's trending right now is Ozempic. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thoughts, feelings, emotions. Um, I mean, it's a huge, huge rabbit hole at this point. Um, I think again, uh, my opinion is you need to understand the whole picture before using them. Um, cause it's not as simple as some people are making it out to be at this point. Um, it's, um, cause you have really two groups of people. There, there are people who are unfortunate that are obese, that it's great for, 
I mean, if you're, I mean, based on BMI or just other factors, it's perfect for, and I've seen patients lose 15, 20 pounds a month with it. And it's pretty, and then it's simple, it works. Um, the other category we're seeing are there are people who are trying to lose that last 10 pounds. And that's where it gets a little more complicated. Um, it definitely can help you lose it. And now the, the major questions are, as it's been out there in the news, is A, when do you take a patient off of it? How quickly? And they also have to understand that as you get small, especially as you, whenever you lose weight, no matter what, you're going to lose some fat and you're going to lose some muscle mass. If you're unfortunately 300 pounds, you're going to lose more fat than muscle. If somebody is a, a female 130 or a man's 170, that's when it gets a little more, are you going to lose more muscle mass and fat? Are you actually being counterproductive by doing it? Um, and that's kind of been the main thing of kind of where does it go? And that's where you have to draw the fine line, but the product definitely worked. You have to understand the side effects. My goal now is if you're going to be on it, I explain everything to them. My goal is to get your weight. If you want to get the weight, we lose the weight as soon as possible, the lowest dose possible, and then work on weaning you off of it. Because the lot what we're seeing in just what they're seeing long-term now is it's slowing your, it slows your metabolism down. So what happens is the patient, when they come off it, wow, I had no metab I had no diet, no appetite, and now they're hungry again. And then they eat so much that they just gain the weight back that they lost plus more potentially. So you've got to learn how to come off it. It's almost as important as what you're doing while you're taking it. And it has side effects because nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, headache, bloating. So they're not like perfect medications, but most people are still taking the benefit of the weight loss versus the side effects. Yeah, I mean... I guess there are no long-term side effects or that we know of. The main, right yeah, the main the concern is is right now is is just the muscle mass. A lot of people are doing what's called a DEXA scan to make sure they're not losing too much muscle mass. The okay. one that's gotten big publicity, and it's not as common as it's out there in the in the media now, is what's called the Ozempic face, where a lot of especially the, the females are losing the muscle in their face and they look older quicker. So that's the one thing that we're seeing, but otherwise long-term, not as long as we control their metabolism. Well, it's not a long-term issue. That's good to know. Um, okay. So for someone, let's say is just starting out or even someone who's already doing, um, supplements, what are your like top recommended supplements that like you think everybody should be taking for your health? Sure. Um, again, I'll put the little, my little asterisk. Make sure you talk to your healthcare provider about anything that in terms of supplement related. Um, but yeah, I mean, the ones I always tell my patients, I mean, uh, vitamin D, um, omega-3 fish oil, it's great for the brain. It's anti-inflammatory. Um, we talk about um, a product called MitoPure or Urolysin A, which is, is pretty recent. Um, we talk about a product called Spermidine, which is has about 10 different benefits at this point. Um, I, I like magnesium for the patients who need it. Um, I love green tea because it has both anti-inflammatory and autoimmune benefits as long as potentially some anti-aging benefits. Um, those are probably the ones I recommend for most people. And, and uh, uh, CoQ10 or MitoQ is probably the other one that are kind of like the, the standard initial grouping. And then we kind of go from there. Some patients want to take one, some people will take 22. Wait, what? 22 CoQ10 a day? No, no, no. Supplements, overall supplements. Oh, 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 oh. You were talking about overall. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so vitamin D, fish oil. Can you take all of these, like the lot of them before you go to bed or is that okay? Is that okay? Um, most of them are good. Uh, the CoQ10 could be a little stimulatory. So you probably want to take it during the day, but the rest are, we give for, can take at night, yeah. 
Cause I'm like really good at, at taking my vitamins just before bed, but I can't, I'm not great at it. If I, and I think it's cause I wake up at different times every day. So it's harder to get into a routine with that. Um, but you mentioned magnesium for those who need it. Magnesium has been like a big, uh, hot button, like supplement for me in the last year. Um, and I've added it into my routine specifically because of, uh, what I've read to be the glyce, I forget which one it is, but the specifically for what I've read to be really good for your brain health. So I've been taking magnesium every night. Is that okay? That is fine. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to keep on with my magnesium, but now keep going I'm going with the magnesium. It's all good. I'm going to keep going, but now I'm going to look into adding um, a bunch of these. I was taking fish oil at one point and then I stopped and I don't really know why I stopped, but um, might appear spermidine magnesium CoQ10. Okay, great. Love this. And I got to start drinking my green tea. I do drink some kind of like weird hippie tea that my mom made me, which is like a bunch of different stuff. So that's uh, probably tea, pretty good. Yeah, teas are great. Teas have so many, no matter all of every type of tea has a benefit to it. So teas are so healthy and so easy to do. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, okay, great. So I end every episode with the same question, which is what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Um, and I, ironically, I just saw this on something on social media today. So uh, my simply is to block out the negativity and 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 be yourself at this. I mean, I wish I would have known that earlier. I've learned that over the time, time that you just got to get rid of all that negativity. Anybody who's negative or toxic in your life, say bye-bye. And that's it. And that's to me has worked much better, made me much happier person. I love that. Great advice. All right. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, it was been, it, <laughs> I can't speak English. Um, it was such an honor to have you on in a great conversation. So I really, really, um, appreciate you, Dr. Calvin. Oh, thanks for having me on. It was fun. Yes. That is a wrap on today's episode. Um, you guys, I learned so much. I hope you learned as much as I did and enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Um, we covered so many topics in such a short amount of time, uh, but it was like really jam packed with like a lot of goodness. Um, so you can follow Dr. Pelvin on Instagram. He is at Dr. P-A-U-L-V-I-N. Dr. P-A-U-L-V-I-N. Definitely check him out in Manhattan. Uh, Give him a visit. Um, Last but not least, go ahead and follow the pod handle at Very Best Self. Follow me at Victoria Brown. Give us a follow, uh, subscribe rather on wherever you listen to podcasts, five-star review. And also if you want to write a review or share this episode with someone you love, we would be so incredibly grateful. That is a wrap. I will see you guys next week. I appreciate you and uh, thanks so much. Bye.